Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, let me take it again. John. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and welcome to the American Pale Males podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and I am joined by, I'm reading his autobiography from the future. His favorite female band was Kitty, the people who sang Brackish. Oh, okay. It's Jeremy, right? Uh, you're really digging deep. <laughs> there was one year at Riot Fest. Oh, yeah, it's me, Jeremy, by the way. <laughs> there was one year at Riot Fest where they were like, they put their money where their mouth is. And uh, because there's all of these think pieces coming out about how, like, there's never any women on these things. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, all right, well, we do it. We're going to do it. And it rocked. They they had Babes in Toyland. I think they had L7. Of when we pretend that we're dead. Oh, that song. Yeah, I know that song. But uh, they have a shocking amount of women, trans, people of color, things of that nature at Riot Fest. So good on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good stuff. Jeremy, do you have a beer brag this week? Um, I went to Hartog's, and they were doing a new Belgian beer tasting, and they had the Nitro Coffee Cream Ale, which was good but they had hop avenger ipa and this is you said this was new belgium mm-hmm. i don't i haven't heard of that one i hadn't either which is why i grabbed it all right it's okay it's it's good it's not great hmm. let's see what do we got here uh this was apparently voted on by the crowd the people have spoken with over fifty thousand votes hop avenger edged out starship ipa in the battle for our next super beer with its super juicy tropical aromas and light sweetness it packs a powerful pineapple punch uh what do we got we got nugget mosaic incognito equinot incognito jester chinook citra mandarina bavaria okay that changes things in my mind because it it does not have the spray paint effect with but when you see like one two three seven hops like that you would expect the worst right yeah but they really did kind of nail it so good on you new belgium all right um would you say better or worse than ranger ipa which i would say there's their pretty standard one um i I haven't had ranger recently so i can't really tell you and i don't even know if they sell that one year round or if they just kind of like swap it out with a slightly different beer formula Mm. this one is uh, listed as having slight sweetness, moving to a moderate bitterness, which, eh, okay, I'd agree with that, and slightly coating and warming with moderate astringency. I don't know if I'd agree with the moderate astringency. It's more sweet to me. But it is 7.7, so it is slightly warming. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It It is hidden very well behind all those hops. So um, okay. it's good. Would reach. Might not necessarily grab it again over something else. Okay. But, but I enjoyed it. What about you, Michael? What do you got for me? I had an Oktoberfest beer, and this was from Third Space Brewing in Milwaukee. Uh, it was in a can. I wasn't in Milwaukee myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a multi-lager beer, perfect for brisk weather and festive ambiance. Throw on your lederhosen and find your Gemultlichkeit. Gemultlichkeit, Gemultlichkeit, which apparently is a German word used to convey the idea of a state or feeling of warmth and friendliness and good cheer. Excellent. Like a beer garden. Uh, anyway, 
the beer itself, uh, it was actually good. I'd say it's one of the better Oktoberfests that I've had this year. Um, it was a nice contrast of caramel malts and noble hops without being too heavy-handed. I think it ultimately read like a caramely darker pilsner because that noble hop was really prominent, but it wasn't too intrusive or and it wasn't too... Uh, it was still balanced, I guess, is what I'm getting at. So it was mm-hmm. a, a good Oktoberfest. Local, but, uh, you know, it's Milwaukee. So if anybody in the nation can make a decent Oktoberfest, it... One would hope it would be them. <laughs> right. In Milwaukee, I'd hope. So Henry, They have the ghost of Henry K. Duff right there with them. <laughs> That's right, yeah. This year's been weird, Michael. I feel like the, uh, the Oktoberfest, at least the one that we've been having, been kind of whack so far. Yeah. Well, and some other ones I've had earlier have been kind of hit or miss, too. Mm-hmm. So, well, we have two more episodes in October. This one, and then next week, where we got the tickets to that uh, event. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see how this one goes first. Um, Fun fact, it's almost going to interfere with Evil Dead the Musical here in town. <laughs> is that is that a thing? That's absolutely true. One of my uh, IT guys plays the role of Jake, the redneck tow truck driver from Evil Dead 2. I've been dying to see this ever since I saw it was going to be a thing. It's Granted, it's community theater, but you know what? I don't care. I've been assured that it's disgusting, (laughs) which is all I need out of it. Yeah, I might have to hear how that goes. Don't you worry about that. Well, Jeremy, another event that happened recently... Nice segue. <laughs> was the Great American Beer Festival, which is an annual event. Uh, I believe is uh, is it always in Denver? I think so. I think it is. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I could pull, if I could do this. Oh yeah, go to one of these and drink all that beer. I I don't even know if it's that much. I think it's just mostly all the snooty people that <laughs> seem to populate the thing. Yeah. Maybe that's just my Twitter feed. I don't know. Yeah, I think it does get a little highfalutin. And it reads like a convention, which I, I hate I, I also hate conventions. In any case, uh, probably the most notable thing from the Great American Beer Festival is the medals they give out. Mm-hmm. And uh, they give out a lot of them, over 300, because they give gold, silver, and bronze in each category. They have a lot of categories. Yes. Um, and, it, it, you know, there's some criticism about it, like, obviously, breweries have to provide the beer and seems like there's some west coast bias in there i don't know but i think it's still a nice like thing to look at just oh what breweries in my state have mm-hmm. been award medals so i thought we'd take a look at that now mainly focusing on iowa and wisconsin sounds um, good yep so jeremy i don't know if you looked at the iowa breweries there's one i haven't heard of and you might have to help me with where these towns are because these all seem like smaller towns. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of this Pivo Brewing? P-I-V-O? Pivo? Pivo, yeah. I've heard of it, yes. Okay. Because they won a gold in the chocolate beer category. Hmm, we might have to investigate that. Old Ball Town Bullet Bourbon Barrel Age Salted Caramel Dark Chocolate Brownie Milk Stout. Good is lord. Is the name of that beer. And then they had Decor Nordic Gruit, which is a historical beer. I... I It'd be good to have a Gruet, you know, based beer, too. I'm not familiar with what Gruet is, Mike. Uh, Gruet is, before hops, they'd use Gruet, which was just a bunch of botanicals to provide the flavor for the beer. Interesting. Versus 
hops. Hops dominated because of their robust flavor and their antibacterial properties. Yeah. So grew it kind of went bye bye, you know, away. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm looking at the uh, the map here because I took a look at that list. I've never heard of Kalmar. Kalmar, Iowa. I was just gonna ask you that. But now I'm seeing where it is though. It's right on the way up to uh, Decorah, though. Decorah, yeah. So you could hit up that. I could. Well, you go up to TGs and... Uh, PRs. And PR, yeah. Toppling Goliath and Pulpit Rock. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That yeah. might need to be something we World do. Trip. Another one with two silvers on here. Gelzig Brewing Company in Newton, Iowa. Gazelig? Gazelig? Yeah, yes. thank you. Yes, okay. I am. They're good stuff. Good stuff. They had a Hefeweizen and uh, a Belgian-style fruit beer on there, too. Finally, checking in with Wisconsin here. Um, I've actually had one of these that won the gold in the past. Not very recently, but Vintage Brewing Company, which I believe when we you were up there. here. Yeah. Did you have this one, the Dedication? Or just Dedication? Uh, oh, God, I don't know. It's listed as a Belgian-style double. I've had that before, and that won gold. I think I did. I think I had some sort of double. Yeah. I think I had a hazy or some sort of IPA and you may, I can't remember. That sounds backwards. <laughs> I know it does. So yeah, maybe, maybe it is. Um, they also won for an alt beer, Reinheit's alt, which I, that might be a new one. I have to check that one out. There's also a Mobcraft, which we've had on the show before, I believe. Their American style sour ale won a gold. And then, yeah, so I'm in Superior, Stevens Point, and Third Space, aforementioned Third Space, won in the rye beer category for Unite the Clans, which... Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that... I've, I think I've seen that beer. I might have even had that beer, but it is calls itself a Scotch Ale. Okay. So they're talking about Scottish... I, I'm aware, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't know, man. It's like when people complain about how they can't use, like, Nordic runes anymore. It's just like, sorry, dude, they've been ruined. We can't do it. <laughs> it's just onward. Just move on. It's no good. Yeah. You know, check out those those winners in your state or your area and, uh, you know, go seek them out. I think that's kind of a interesting approach. Find, quote-unquote, the best or one of the best beers in an entire category and get your own take on it. See if it's a load of crap. Yeah. Then create your own awards. Because, mm-hmm. you know, awards are sometimes kind of bogus. It's true. It's like with this, it's I don't know why it bothers me. Because I like the idea of all these breweries, especially now that they have rules saying like InBev can't just buy all the end caps. Yes. Yeah. At the actual event itself. Yeah. They put a little bit of a, a sticker into their sides. I'm sure it's just a small thing. But I like it in theory. But it just... I think it goes back to that convention it's mindset. The, it's that, the convention mindset. That just And yeah. then on top of that, everyone's going to be hammered. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. You, because you know they're not all just sitting around drinking the equivalent of Coors Light. They're out there having some stuff at like 7, 5, and above. Yeah. Because if you're going to go there, you're going to break out the big guns. And why, and why wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Because right. if you're trying to win the awards, you're going to bring out our Scotch Old Ale served with a tumbler of whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, I mean, I've only been to one convention, like real convention in my life. Yeah. I worked at a, a Lions Club convention Oh, a million years ago because they needed someone to sit at the booth from the lab that I work at. 
and that was fine because I had the mana booth. But when I was, I went to uh, New York Comic Con with Captain of the show in God ten years ago, and that was fun because we could go see you know the stuff we wanted to, but it just was miserable. And thankfully, it was slightly before you know the the hype beast era of Comic Con. Well, at least in New York, anyway. Yeah. It was just like. You could still roll around and see all the weird, like, w- uh, white envelopes, sleeve DVDs, bootlegs. I think I have a few of them around here somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's I I can't do it. Never, yeah. Never, never again. Yeah, I've been to a few professional conferences too, and it's just... that's different though. It's that's worse. Well, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. Because it's, it's like a conference and work. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, oh, these are the people are, are who are my peers? Oh, man. <laughs> Only good thing that came out of conventions is the uh, the movie Cedar Rapids with Ed Helms. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's a great movie. And shot I think in Michigan, right? <laughs> it was, oddly enough, shot in Michigan. <laughs> Even the exteriors. <sighs> I think Cedar Rapids missed out on a good opportunity there. They should have gave him the tax break. It was 2011. So he was in prime the office mode. Uh, but yeah. yeah, but that that's a really good movie. I'd highly recommend you all watch that if you haven't. This has been Hook's Looks. In a, <laughs> there you go. An, an, eight, an eight-year-old movie that some people have probably seen, but for some reason it's never shown on like HBO or Showtime or anything. It seems like it'd be an easy one to license, but... I think so. I think the poster didn't help matters. Was it just his face smiling, isn't it? He's got a real disturbing look on his face. <laughs> just just pop it into Google. Cedar Rapids film. You'll see what I mean. <laughs> um, Should we get into the FDR? Let's do it. A beer that does not come from Cedar Rapids. No, as a matter of fact, it doesn't. Because uh, this week, we have Erdinger Oktoberfest. And it's right on the bottle here. Brewed in Bavaria slash Germany. In case you needed to, you know, you couldn't drill down that far. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, uh, I'm trying to see where they brew this. Probably Erding, right? <laughs> yes. For over 130 years, the outstanding quality of their wheat beers has been rooted in our passion for Bavarian brewing skill. As a private brewery, we stand for home. Erdinger Weissbrow has always remained true to its Bavarian roots. It's brewed in Bavaria. Every bottle is still filled at our brewery in Erding, according to the strictest quality standards, before being sent on its journey to over 90 different nations. So there you go. Yeah. Erding, Germany. And I highly doubt that this picture of a guy using a fountain pen to sign each bottle is accurate. <laughs> I have a feeling this is a load of crap. As you mentioned, the their specialty is wheat beers, hence the Weissbrow. Mm-hmm. Wheat brew. Um, and so this is uh, probably going to be akin to the Oktoberfest Weizen we had from Paul Laner. Yeah, um, but we'll see. As they say, this seasonal beer offers a synergistic combination of two classic German styles, Oktoberfest and wheat beer. A surprising alliance that works very well together. I'm looking at their timeline of what's happened. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, in in 2001, they've repositioned uh, Erdinger non-alcoholic as an isotonic thirst quencher for sports enthusiasts. Just five years later, it was the market's number one non-alcoholic beer. That seems weird and gross. <laughs> I mean, see, I wish... That, uh, well, maybe I don't wish that. It'd be nice if you could just, like, slam a beer after 
at the gym or something, you know? I mean, you can. <laughs> I guess there's nothing stopping you today, but you might get some odd looks. But if it was marketed like that... In 1930, the brewery was bought by malt factory F.W. Auto. And I I don't know why I find that so uh, amusing. But whenever it's like E. Joyce, whatever, or F.W. or something, whenever there's a letter is a name, yeah. I always want to know what the... Uh, a, what the letter stands for, and B, why they're not just going by their name. <laughs> right. I'm trying to, I feel like we almost had a brewery or a beer. For some reason, I feel like we talked about that before. What was the Pabst guy's name? Like Frederick W. Pabst? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, that's, uh... that's the way you go with an FW. You get a super long first name, and then in order to, you know, for brevity's sake, you just sort of scotch the middle name, but you still have it in there to show that you're a classy person. Yeah, yeah, he was Frederick Pabst, although his real name was Johann Gottlieb Frederick Pabst. Gottlieb. Um, Tasty notes. Uh Uh-huh. Cloudy body with some amber hints. The head is frothy. I think this is kind of stealing our thunder here. Pleasantly white with a soft texture. Lacing starts with a series of rings, but soon breaks into abstract art as the glass progresses. Okay. Residual carbonation is very lively. The wheat aroma with a fruit. You know what? I'll leave this up, and I'll uh, as we go through it, we can uh, talk more about that. That's very detailed. The tasting notes, as you were saying, are pretty detailed. But here's something fascinating that we can go over while we're uh, cracking open this bottle. Yes. Bottle fermented. Oh. For lively enjoyment. Bottle fermentation gives Erdinger Vice Spirits finishing touch. It requires something that is in short supply these days. Time. That is exactly <laughs> what we give our wheat beers, and you can taste the difference. Bottle fermentation has a long tradition in Bavaria. Only a few breweries still use this elaborate process, however, as it takes that much longer. Maturing in the bottle, in this second fermentation process, the green beer is, giving a li- is given a little unfermented wort and fresh bottom fermenting yeast before bottling. They are then stored in a high-rack warehouse, yada, 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 and then it just matures in the bottle. Yeah, I wonder, because that... Um... Pauliner Weizen we had was like clearly filtered and mm-hmm. very clear. So I wonder if that's going to give this a little extra spin or a little more flavor compared to that one if we have that bottle conditioning. <laughs> wheat beer facts, Michael. Vice beer or wheat beer? It's the same thing. <laughs> I like this website. I do too. And it's not written... Or at least it doesn't look like it's written by like a bunch of monkeys chained to typewriters or anything like that. Yeah. They've done... Their, I was a little concerned when I saw the DE in the uh, URL. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they've uh, they've managed to uh, work it out pretty well. This bottle has some heft. Yeah, it does. It's a... It's, a, it's like... I, I It felt like there was a 20 ounce... 20 ounces of beer in here. And I was like, holy crap, I'm not going to be able to get it all in my pint glass. But I was wrong. It's 5.7 ABV. Uh, I don't think they have an IBU on here. They do have, uh, per 100 ml, you have 48 calories. So This is probably, what, a 375? Uh, probably 3... Or 330. 330, yeah. that's what it was. So, yeah, you're getting about 150 calories in this. Have you ever heard of a bread unit? That's on here, too. No, but it seems extremely German. 0.27 BU... <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Um, um, this smells very German, Michael. And of note, the it's hazy compared to indeed it the, is the uh, the Pauliner. So 
Did you uh, give it a it nice swirl? I gave it a little, yeah, a little agitation before pouring it in. Yeah, it smells German, but there's also a yeast component there for sure, too. Uh, Jeremy, did you go in? I did for just a little sip. I'll say real quick, too, that good head on it. Mm-hmm. That stain there as well. Is it becoming like abstract art or whatever <laughs> Jackson Pollock crap they were trying to <laughs> sling your way? I don't know about that, um, but uh, it's very evocative of a German dimpled beer mug, you know, which yeah. I actually have right now. Uh, mine was like crusting over the top in a little dome shape. It was very picturesque. I'm just using my, uh, if you build it, film scene tumbler that they gave me for this year's uh, membership drive. Oh, they did build it too. They did, and it rips, and I can't <laughs> wait to spend 12 hours in there on Friday evening. More details on that to come next week. Yeah. So this is, compared to the other Oktoberfest Weizen we had, this is getting more into Hefeweizen territory, which makes sense. It is. It doesn't get too as intense as a like a really smack-your-face Hefeweizen, mm-hmm. but it does have like that light clove flavor. Not super banana-y. It doesn't have, I just ate a slice of banana bread taste and aftertaste, but it does Mm -hmm. have uh, some of the more spiciness that uh, uh, Hefeweizen might have. Um, It does finish... It's crisp. It's crisp, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as we were saying with the other one, too, it kind of has a little bit of both worlds in there. Although this one is just tipped more towards a Hefeweizen or a Weizen. I'm getting a little bit of... And this is pleasant, mind you. It's not cloying. But mm. I do get a little bit of sweetness in this one. Yes. Yeah. Now that you say that, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Not a bad thing. It's balanced quite well. Mm-hmm. There is a little lingering hoppiness, mm-hmm. um, which, again, is that balance you're talking about, I think. Um, it's not too overbearing. I would say it's a good thing. It's interesting. I'm trying to decide if I like it more than the Pauliner. The Pauliner was so, like, clean. It was also classic. Yes. And this is a little more adventurous, I guess you could say, relatively speaking, for a, a German style, you know. I think the fact that this kind of bridges the gap between Hefe and Yellow Beer, a yeah. German, mind you, but a Yellow Beer nonetheless, I think that that sort of makes this a bit of an anomaly. And mm-hmm. it, it's not a Marzen. And I guess if any we've learned anything yes. in this October is that an Oktoberfest is not necessarily a Marzen. It just usually is. Yeah. yeah. That's the nice thing about trying all these styles in one big go. You kind of pick up a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, if only we had more of this to do in the coming <laughs> months. Well, hopefully at that uh, event, live oh, recording. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's yeah. going to be weird doing a live podcast. That's right. Going out live to the people mm-hmm. as they download. I'm going to be tired of doing it over and over and over again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Every time. I just got that. Okay, um, thank you. I was, I was just like, oh, wow. I'm getting uh, dogged by Michael. <laughs> um, what uh, negatives do you see about this beer, Michael, if any? Hmm. The sweetness is lingering a little bit yes, longer than I, I would like. Yeah, I'm, as I drink more of it, it's... I'm getting more of that it's like kind of a strange aftertaste like especially in the aftertaste it mm-hmm. leaves a cloying taste in your mouth a cloying sweetness i feel if it had a little bit more yeast 
character to it, it would like mitigate that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because like if it was hoppier, it wouldn't be what it is. But I feel if there was a little bit more yeast in there, it would at least yeah, air quotes explain it. Closed air quotes. Yeah, there's it, just... it, would, it would just give it more context, I guess. No, I see what you're saying, but yeah, now maybe I just need to slow down a little bit, but or go faster. <laughs> Having a few sips in succession, like mm, it's starting to turn a little bit. It's starting to get into that. It's a little bit too try hard. Yeah, like over ripened fruit or something. Um, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I see what I see what you mean. Right. Yeah. It's it's not overtly tasting like that, but it's there's a little again a cloyness there. Um, it's just a shred. It's it's like if they put one sweet too many into this. Yes. One SU. If they can have bread unit, they can sweet. have sweet <laughs> units. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, but it is. It's it's pretty easy to drink. Like it you is. said, it's crisp. I feel like the goods outweigh the point about the sweetness. Uh, I'm just trying to weigh this versus the others we had. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. Would you rather just, and maybe obviously this is going to differ person to person, depending on what they like about sure. the style. Would you rather have this or just a straight up Hefeweizen? Probably a Hefe. This one is sort of straddling a little. At first I thought it was sort of a, like, oh, that's an interesting idea. It's kind of trying to get the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. But I think it's turning into more of an identity crisis where it doesn't exactly know what it wants to be. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A jefe, for all their its hits and misses, knows exactly what it's going to be, or at least one that's done in the style in which it should be done. Mm. Now, if I were going to be in a beer garden, like, looking at plates of sausages go past me, yes, various spätzle and kraut-related side dishes, I'd probably take this one. Because you could have a few of these and stay upright. And you wouldn't just destroy your your gullet. Whereas yes, if you a have of, yeah. a good many Hefe, you'd be kind of out of luck. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like the, just the Hefe Weissman just seems to like, you'd be committing more to that flavor. Was this kind of as a, maybe half measure is a strong criticism, but no, it's, it's just. It's, it, but it's fair though. Yeah, it's just uh it's like it kind of wants to be there, but it kind of it's kind of one foot on each side of the fence. And the polliner with just being like the Vizen, mm-hmm. filtering out all that yeast, there was less complexity to do that. And it could straddle both worlds a little more easily. Whereas this one is trying to, I don't know, it's just too many fingers and too many pies. Um. <laughs> it's, got, it's got pie finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about we uh, get around to the rating, Michael? Yes. Yeah, it's just all over the map. Um but overall, still not bad. Yeah, the rating. Um, I can take a sip of judgment. I can go first or second. I'll let you uh, decide. Well, you go first. It's always easier to uh, follow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely liked it. Hmm. I might actually be changing my rating with that sip of judgment. Well, that's why you took Take it, a sip of judgment, yeah. Okay. Uh, the latter half of this beer is not as good as the first half. I agree wholeheartedly. The more it warms up, the more that sweetness is sweetness really just kind of is... just slapping on like an extra yeah. layer of barbecue sauce. And even at first, that first drink, I was potentially going to rate it higher or up with a pollinator. But mm-hmm. now, no. as I'm finishing it, it's it's going down 
precipitously. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I still like it. I mean, I think there's a reason why we haven't heard of this one as much as we've heard of the Pauline or the Hofbrau. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Take your pick. Yeah. Now, it's not a big six either, but it is still it Bavarian. Is not, it is true. Oh, my God. What's that? Do we think that this is that B-level beer that we've been talking about for the past <laughs> couple weeks? <laughs> that, like, yeah, maybe. It, it's, it's hard it, to say because we just don't have the in, we, insight. We don't have the N to determine yeah. that. We need, but, like, uh, a German man to come on here and be like, yeah, that's bottom shelf. You know. Das ist gut. Uh-huh. We've already talked about Uter, so I'm going to spare the uh, listener. <laughs> Michael, rate mm. this beer right now. SOJ2 real quick. That uh, SOJ right there just took it down another notch. Mm. I'm just going to give it... Again, it's not terrible, but it's becoming too cloying. I'm just going to give it a three. It was much higher than that at the beginning, but... It's starting to wear thin, like the premise, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just getting too sweet. The balance has disappeared. It has. And, There's uh, little to no hop, anything. Yeah, which is disappointing. It's just, it's just too sweet, <laughs> as said by some professional wrestling elder statesman. Uh, oh yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, your rating. Um, I'm sort of in the same boat at the beginning when this was like, so if this somehow stayed ice cold, maybe not in one of those freezable mugs, but you know, just if it was able to stay like super, super cold Mm -hmm. because I had it out in a koozie, but out of the fridge. You same here. I mean, I think I, we're still both drinking it at a reasonable temperature. Oh, but def- definitely. I'd say, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like it's room temperature or anything like that. Right. But as it's warmed up, like it's gone exponentially downhill. Mm-hmm. All yeah. of the all of those little esters, phenols, and all that other chemistry <laughs> stuff I don't remember, <laughs> right, is uh, really rearing its ugly head as it warms mm. up because those are volatile compounds, Michael. As I'm sure you know better than I do, mm. but uh, they're not pleasant, or at least not in the the ratio not, or not in the mixture. Yeah. Not, not in, in this case. Not not in this one. Um it's a perfectly okay beer, but it's not something I would like reach for. Like if you had your choice of Oktoberfest, you'd now knowing this, you probably try something else. One hundred percent. And yeah. I think we're doing trivia on Wednesday so I can find out exactly what I would reach for there. Yeah. But it's just, so I, I feel like if I would have grown up or had this in a more formative time of my life, I would be more, I'd be, I'd be more susceptible to its charms. Okay. Sort of like how s- certain unnamed people are big fans of stinky, stinky Dutch beer. <laughs> okay. It's objectively a weird taste. And if we blinded people and put a series of, you know, various Dutch beers, good, bad, and ugly, their favorite may kind of, you know, drop in the polls, sort of like mm. how I loudly and proudly said I could pull the na- every yellow beer when we did right. the, uh, that, and I was really wrong. Right, right, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I think the label name and everything has something to do with it, but uh sip of judgment now that it's been warming in my gross hand for a while yeah 
Yeah, and you know, this is the first time I've ever heard of this brand and this beer. So we're going in with complete blank slate. Aside the website, we haven't had any marketing of this it's beer. It's true, which is a blessing and a curse. I'm going to go 2.5. It's sure. perfect, perfectly middle of the road for me. It's just... Eh, it is. Like, if someone really liked this, I wouldn't hassle them. I mean... Right. I get the feeling that this is an equivalent of... I really do think this might be the German equivalent of a Budweiser, where I where I feel like if this is your brand, oh yeah, I you're, you're going to stay with it, and it's like there's nothing wrong with it, but you know, like you can you can do better. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't think we've had a a beer go from such a good start to kind of a lackluster finish like that. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting case study for sure. But indeed, and you know what? I think we're going to remember this one, Michael. Yeah, it might be a good touchstone for future uh, similar situations and similar styles. Mm-hmm. In any case, it's another one down the gullet. Indeed it is. Have you ever had an Erdinger? <laughs> uh, write in and tell us. Uh, you can do that in a variety of ways. Twitter at APMPod there. Facebook.com slash APMPod. Emails directly. APMPod at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike Keeps up with all of our ratings there. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, thanks. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And tell a friend. Do that, too. Uh, but... Don't eat Chipotle. <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. Why not? It's yeah. Not, it's not very good. <laughs> um, But we'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I have been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.